Greetings, my sweet Fly Fidelity friends. It's me, Duncan Trussell. This is Fly Fidelity, and I love you. I'm sorry about COVID. It's my fault. <laughs> Wait, let me do it again. Hang on. What should I say? I, I'm not good at these. Okay, great. Okay, leave that. Let's just do that. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fly Fidelity. I'm your host, Luke Bailey. Incredible content for incredible times, and make sure you follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud if you aren't already. Also, make sure you check us out at flyfidelity.co.uk. And now for the main event. Incredible content for incredible times. We're joined by friend of the podcast, comedian, podcaster, and a co-creator of the Midnight Gospel, Duncan Trussell. Welcome back to Fly Fidelity. Always a pleasure. I love our conversations. You're such a great interviewer. It feels like every time we talk, there's a bigger apocalypse on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, we've it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's on one level, we've got uh, a classic apocalypse. It seems like a literal apocalypse. Uh, the lifting of the veil, we're all recognizing, holy shit, like certain things, like the state can't really protect you from certain things. You know, I mean, it seems like, like an obvious observation, but, you know, I like to imagine that the government's got it all figured out and the big things come, they're going to know how to deal with it. And so I think part of the apocalypse is not just the fact that so many people are getting sick and dying, is it? But it's also like, holy, wait a minute. Our leaders kind of seems like they don't really know what they're doing. They don't know how to deal with it. So that's the uh, true apocalypse. It's like you got to, you got, you, you know what I mean? You have to uh, sort of it, it, the, the Santa Claus fantasy of us being defended or protected by the or whatever our particular government is if you happen to have leaned into that at all you're probably feeling a little imbalanced right now speaking of which let's talk about balance let's talk about the balance that you're bringing so many people with your podcast the duncan trussell family hour can you speak to the power that your podcast has on encouraging people to engage in discourse on the experience of being a human and what that experience feels like in 2020 well, I try to be as honest as I can in, in the podcast uh, when I interview people and when I talk in the beginning of it. Uh, so I hope that, I, I mean, I think just that, hopefully that helps. So, so it certainly helps me. 
uh, in the sense, you know, you watch, if you, if you are, you know, like we are going, a lot of us, me, I don't know about you, but I am, I have, I'm addicted to the news right now. It's stupid and terrible, embarrassing, but, but uh, you know, the more I watch it, the more I realize how hypnotic it is. And more, most importantly, the more I realize how uh, slanted it is and dishonest it is, regardless of the intention, it's, it's entertainers, they're wearing funny outfits, they got makeup on, and they're emphatically, inevitably emphatically talking about something that uh, makes me think, oh God, I should be as concerned as they are. And then uh, I realize, oh no, I just got hypnotized by a kind of weird media wizard and so I, you know, I just try to be honest about how I feel, mm. you know, because you know, I would, how refreshing would it be to hear any of these people, uh, like that? I don't know what particular news sources you have, but it'd be pretty nice to have like our leaders say things like, "I don't know what the fuck is happening," like this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I would rather them say, look, I, honestly, I am not sure what's going to happen. I know that's not as a leader, you're not supposed to do that. But the problem is, if you're going to convey to the world confidence and that everything's going to be fine, it needs to be true. Not everything's going to be fine, but it's not. Because then we start feeling like, oh, you're lying to us. And then the whole goddamn thing falls apart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. imagine if any of our leaders at the beginning of this have been like, we're going to do everything we can to contain it, but this shit's out of the bottle, and we don't know what to do. We don't know. It's new. It's a it's a brand new thing. That's why it's a novel coronavirus. It's new. We don't know. Jumped out of a snake or something. We don't know. It's scary, you know? Yeah, it really is. There's such an overbearing confidence with this, like you say, yes. reporting that we're getting. It's almost Disney-esque, these levels of optimism we're hearing about. Yeah, right. Disney ask is the right word. It's a, you know, it's, I get like I, as a dad with my kid, like the la like, uh, you know what? I'll tell you a story of my own hypocrisy uh, related to this matter. I, I was, I worked at a summer camp once and I don't know how I, this ended up falling upon me, but I ended up having to go with some campers on a camping trip where we were supposed to use a compass uh, to in a map to figure out how to get to this place where we're meeting a bunch of other campers from the camp and counselors. I, you know, I did the thing when they were explaining to me how to use the compass in the map, where I just kind of tuned it out. I was thinking about something else. I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll figure it out. But all of a sudden, I find myself in the forest with these kids and a map and a compass, and I realize I have no idea how to use this. Mm. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be able to get to where we're at. I just know that. Like, I'm looking at the map. It looks great. I don't know if you ever looked at a topographical map, but it's like, give me a, this shit is like mystifying to me. Yeah. Much less like how to like align the compass right. Thank God one of the kids was like a Boy Scout because he was able to do it. But knowing that if they knew I didn't know how to get there, they would all kind of panic. I did the thing where I acted like, all right. I'm going to let one of y'all figure this out. <laughs> and they acting like I wouldn't know how to do it. They did it. And we got, thank God, we, we, we connected with everybody. And, and I don't know if any of the kids ever realized. I had no idea what I was doing. So I pulled it off. 
And I think I get like not I understand even if I'd said to the kids friends, I have no idea where the fuck we are. They wouldn't have believed it. But, you know, the idea is that you got to pull it off. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the whole point. Pull it off. Don't don't fucking put on this insane show of confidence where everyone's dying. You have 200. Like, this is one of the creepy things. Our president's like it's some dumb rally dancing to YMCA. You know what I mean? It's like you we just like we've lost 240,000 people in this country and you're fucking dancing to that song? Like it's the most macabre it's the most creepy thing. I it's like so spooky to see and when you look at it relative to what's happening. And so that's producing I think for a lot of people uh uh very difficult state of consciousness as long as you're using that as the thing you're trying to stabilize yourself with the moment you stop using the state or the news or mainstream media or anything that isn't in your particular circumference as the metronome that you live your life by you feel better but as long as that's your metronome you're going to feel crazy and you're going to be playing a really weird tune that uh, the BPMs are always switching and changing. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? That's the thing. We just can't lean into the government and we can't lean into the media anymore. You know, we have to like start trusting our own intuition and ourselves. And, you know, that and I think in the earth, that's how, you know, I'm finding calm. Simulator in three, two, universe will you choose today my name's clancy clancy could i um interview you for my space cast are you worried because it seems like we're all about to die is that a yes what does death look like to you i think we need to simplify this your life that you thought was real was just a dream holy shit A metaphor? Stop fighting it. Face the void. Just be here now. Um... Okay, cut to commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of my favorite episodes of The Midnight Gospel starts with the discovery 
of Mercatorville, a paradise planet unlike any other planet where every being has achieved maximum harmony. Do you still believe in the innovation and empathetic collective spirit of the American dream? Is America capable of achieving maximum harmony in 2020? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, see, this is the problem is, I mean, I think that's why everyone's so tormented uh, is that, you know, we're, we're, we're being told how we are. I hate that. Don't you hate that? Have you ever been in a situation where someone tells you you're angry at them and you're not? Absolutely. It's the worst. It's the worst. You're like, don't tell me how I am. I'm not angry at you. Uh, I'm not. But sometimes if someone tells me how I am, if I'm not careful, I start believing it. And then I will act the way they tell me that I am. And so mm. I think the, the problem is that we're, 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 as Americans, we're being told how we are. And so a lot of people are really buying that hook, line, and sinker and disregarding their encounters with anybody outside on the street. The pandemic ain't helping, but every single, like, you know, we see these outliers, the Karens, the anti-maskers, but, and then because you see like those, which are the very few, you start imagining, oh, that must be how one side is versus the other. And these are outliers. These are anomalous people who are probably, you know, medicated or not medicated enough. Meanwhile, you and me and everyone I run into from the right wing to the left are pretty okay, if not a little rattled. Definitely all would be willing, as far as I could tell, to I'll probably die for just about anybody not in a war but like just they jump in front of cars for people they didn't know mm. most people are like that but we're being told a different story we're being divided it's supposed to be the united damn states you know and so but we're being told this nonsense by the politicians who de depend on there being some massive difference between them you know it's really it's it's just it's not the, it's there maybe there isn't so much of a difference and the politicians. This is the other thing. It's like, you know, shit comes out about Joe Biden's kid, Biden being corrupt. And the people who like Trump are like, see, he's corrupt. Shit comes out about Trump being corrupt. People who like Biden are like, shit, see, he's corrupt. But it's weird how both sides, as they're being portrayed on, on TV, don't seem to be capable of just being like, oh, they're both corrupt. Right. You know, <laughs> why, why is that? Hey, it's like, because one's corrupt. Doesn't mean the other isn't, but like that's the story they're trying to show. The reality is, is like, no, these are these are two people who have been in some way, shape, or form bought mm. by lobbyists. That's because we in our country have legal bribery. It's called lobbying. And and it, and you know, I don't know why if it was just called what it was, which is bribing. It would, it would, they wouldn't let it happen, but we let that happen. So it's like anyone who's in power right now has at the very least some sentimental attachment to their funders, to the people who are, because you can't get into office unless you have money for commercials. It's completely fucked. You know, like that, that's the most fucked thing that, what, like you see Lindsey Graham, I don't know if you're, you see Lindsey Graham on, Fox News and he's always begging for money because he needs to do commercials or you hear oh Trump's not not paying for his commercials anymore 
And that's the sign they're not doing great. That's the real polling. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, that shouldn't have anything. That's the reason that when you're looking at the American election right now and you look at Joe Biden and you look at Donald Trump, you're going to scratch your chin and be like, really? Like, (laughs) that's really? Like, that's all you can find? It's the craziest timeline. I mean, we're talking about a timeline where, of course, Kanye is trying to run as well. And we've we've got Biden with... um, him exploiting battle rap culture as a way to pull in the black voters as well, which is another conversation. Did you hear about that? You know what? I I did know I did see the fucking Biden rap thing, and you know, man, it's like <clears throat> you look at it. The problem is if we get rea- over if we get reactionary about it then what ends up happening is we don't vote. And then if we don't vote, mm. then the mad King gets another four years. And it's like the, it's really a challenging time in the United States right now, because anybody with just the mildest of intelligence, regardless of their political leaning, I think has identified the reality that our system is no longer working in the way it was supposed to work, which is the idea was that the two, that at least the person going against the president or the, the the should be like amazing. That would be the idea. The idea would be that the people produce this representative that is amazing, like better than any of us, like the Olympics. You know, like you watch the Olympics because those people are like amazing. You know, even yeah. all of them are already doing physically more than most people you know can do. And that's why we have the Olympics all over the world. It brings the greatest athletes to compete. And the election is supposed to be like that. Like, holy shit. That person, I don't like them, but damn, they're charismatic. Like, wow, they're smart. Jesus Christ, look at that leader. I don't like him, but wow, that's a, I, wish, I, I would aspire to be like that. What you're talking about does extend itself to the reality that we're talking about a sport. And, and you refer to forgiveness in an episode of the Midnight Gospel as the ultimate spiritual pull-up. Do you think that America is capable of forgiving Donald Trump the same way so many people have seemed to forgiven George Bush after his presidency? What a great question. Did they forgive George Bush? Again, it's like the story that we're told is, oh, yeah, now they're all friends and stuff. But I, I think it's less important uh, whether or not Americans can get amnesic regarding our presidents. The bigger question is, is it, will the world forgive us mm. for, for that? You know, I think that's the problem. For me, the problem with forgiveness is not just, you know, identifying people who I feel some particular uh, animosity towards, but also thinking of the people I've hurt and noticing if I'm in a hurry for them to forgive me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you, that thing where you, you're like, okay, come on. I, I said I was sorry. Aren't you better now? It's like the problem is, you know, we have this, uh, our history in this country is what is it 94% of the history of our country has been at war massive civilian casualties throughout the middle east vietnam uh you know this is ser- it's a it's a serious problem i hope the world recognizes that 
most American citizens do not want there to be war. And, and most American citizens feel at the very least like they're, they don't feel like they're holding the reins. They, they, and, and that there's a, you know, I don't know, there's a, a general sense of like, look, we're going to vote and we really want to believe this because the other alternative is really terrifying. Um, and, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to, um, most people don't want like a civil war or an uprising or a re sort of a reboot of the system. Cause I've got kids. We want, we want things to run smoothly, but you know, the, the problem is if you have any kind of common sense at all, then you've just got to recognize that we aren't being served by our leaders. The leaders are serving in general, the, uh, corporations. The corporations are being served because they're the ones with the money and they're the ones who are giving the money to the politicians. Right. So, you know, this is a, yeah, but I, I, I think that forgiving Trump is easy. I, it's as easy as forgiving any, like, you know, if you've ever been around anybody who's old and on drugs and, you know, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to, not forgive them. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Trump is just doing exactly what any old, rich, narcissistic golfer does when they're high. Like there's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing in what he's doing that seems even particularly unique, except that he's not disguising it. It's the only thing that's unique about him. But if you've ever been around like a, any drunk old dude who's rich in their like 60s or 70s, and they do like coke or something. That's how they act. That what's what, what's cool about him and what's really fascinating is you know you're seeing a mad king. I don't think it, it's like the idea. What like you get Obama right? He's so charismatic. He's so fucking smart. But also he's his government is ordering drone strikes that are killing civilians. And then he's doing speeches where he jokes about predator drones. These things have killed innocent people. You don't make a joke about that. Mm. But he's joking about it. And for a second, you see what he is. And you see that and you're like, oh, my God. How divorced from compassion do you have to be to publicly joke about these machines that have killed children? So that's when you see it. Mm. And it's like, how can that even be? You would never forget it, you know. My, my wife ran over a turtle the other day. It was horrible. She started crying. That's a little turtle. It's not her fault. Just that turtle came out in the road or blended in with the road. She didn't try to hit it, but she hit it and it sucked. Hmm. Imagine if like you had act, you would like, because you felt it was the right thing to do or, you know, let the, your government use drones. And then you hear like, oh yeah, one of them like blew up a wedding whole generation of people were murdered or burnt badly disfigured how do you sleep after that how do you make it okay how do you like as you're like playing golf how do you not think about what that was like when someone was so excited about that day it was a wedding and then they were their grandmother's entrails were on their face right right how do you and then and then how do you make a joke about it and so when you see like trump dancing Obama joking about drones, George W. the Bush Jr. 
Was it Bush Jr. or Senior? A junior who's like paints disfigured war veterans. You know, what you're looking at is something that I think most of us just can't even wrap our heads around because it's so insane. Um, it's so insane. It's so devoid of humanity, at least as we want to believe humanity is. Right. It's hard to think about him being deflated about anybody and anything else other than himself, isn't it? It's hard to think about that. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I think with like Trump, you're looking at like pretty much uh, a, a, a garden variety narcissist. So you, you got a sociopath there. He like, all he can do is like, fixate on himself he wants to be the center of attention no matter what he doesn't care if the attention's good or bad just as long as he's in the spotlight some then he's then he exists you know as long as he's in the mirror he's mm. there he feels when he's people aren't looking at him he feels he has to encounter his own like emptiness and it's terrifying for them i think so they're always like seeking attention which is what i think that's all he is really i don't really see anything interesting about him uh, i think he's like it's like i think the forgiveness and the i felt sorry for him the other day i was like legitimate not like what do they call it concern trolling but a legitimate sense of like man that's too bad they're doing that to you like you you need to be at mar-a-lago you know just like doing stupid real estate deals and not what you're doing right now because you're just it's killing you it's killing people it's like you know what i mean it's like it's an embarrassment i don't know i, I don't know if that's i think somewhere in there you could start finding a little bit of compassion for for him which is not the reason we find compassion for other people or as, as i've been taught is not because we want them necessarily to like it's for us. We're finding the, the compassion is a relief. You know, it's a way to, to feel human. But I don't feel it for him all the time. I, I mean, I've been around that dude. I've been around that dude so many times because my dad used to, um, he was like into commercial real estate. And you just, I've seen that version of that. I've seen a version of that person so many times. Uh, and and it's just annoying to be around. It just yeah. I think that's the real thing that the whole planet is feeling, not just Americans. Is it's like he's just nobody wants like we're bored of him. You know, it's he's not he's not he's annoying. He is. He's like it's not you know. Yeah, that's it, right? He's just like it's the dude that you find yourself on one of those rental scuba boats. And you, you're being taught how to scuba dive. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but there's some like testosterone bro who's deciding to be raucous and loud in the midst of like yeah. being, and you're trapped on a boat with him and you just have to deal with it. That's what Trump reminds me of. It's like, he's that guy. Yeah. Our country is in serious trouble. China. I beat China all the time. When did we beat Japan at anything? The U.S. has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. Mexico, lots of problems. Drugs, crime, rapists. I speak to border guards. In the Middle East, Islamic terrorism, they become rich. I'm in competition with them. They just built a hotel. They took the oil. ISIS has the oil. I love the military and I want to have the strongest military. Iran is now taking over Iraq. China has our jobs. Mexico has our jobs. Our enemies 
are getting stronger and stronger by the day. We have a disaster called the big lie, Obamacare. Deductibles are so high, it's virtually useless. Politicians are all talk, no action. I'm meeting with three of them in the next week. We need a leader that wrote the art of the deal. We also need a cheerleader. We need somebody that can take the brand of the United States and make it great again. I am officially running for President of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. I'm really rich. Have you ever felt, or rather, do you ever feel that your responsibility to make people feel comfortable and make people, you know, your audience laugh and learn in this moment, do you ever feel that competes with your own happiness and mental state? No, no way. I think it's all can. I like I get my so my my the, my sense of community with the you know with my community with the DTFH family with that community is. Um, it's very reciprocal. They're, they're so supportive of each other and of me. And, um, yeah, I don't, I feel like it's a, a, a positivity feedback loop. Um, that, and that's, I think the idea of any community or Sangha is we want to be with people who at the very, who, who are working on themselves to some degree. And that's really important to be around people like that yeah. because they, you know, we all like, it's good. Like, it's nice to be in a community where there's a spectrum and it, cause in that spectrum, you can find a place where you can lend an ear or, a, or, or, uh, some, some hold a space for people who need help, but also there's people who will hold a space for you. And that that creates this wonderful sort of um, cauldron of um, healing, and and we we need that. So I it's a reciprocal relationship with them. You know, it's it's nice to have a community. You know, the best thing you can do for your community in general is to find a way to to find balance in your own life, not like fix yourself. Because I don't know anyone who could do that. But you know what I mean? Like there, there's nothing better than when somebody in your life who's been really having a rough go, he fixes, heals themselves. When you find out they stopped drinking. You know, when you mm-hmm. find out they're, they got a job. When you find out they have lost 15 pounds or whatever it is, it's inspiring, right? Absolutely. Like, you and then when that happens to them, you're like, "Fuck, I think I could do a little better," and then that pushes you in a beautiful kind of way. And then when you get a little better, then that spreads into the community, and so you create this feedback loop, and it—that's how we evolve in a in a positive in a great way. And God, Jesus, man, don't you think this COVID is—it's um, really thrown a monkey wrench or it, into the old ways we used to gather? Completely agree. How do you move from? recovering from people your entire life specifically people you've been hurt by to not seeing the people you love in self-isolation because you haven't been able to yeah you got to go you the the the, what here's the beauty of it man is like 
all of these great teachers that you used to have to go to like an yoga studios or, you know, like retreat centers, they're all doing their retreats online now. So that's bad ass. You can just go and take these classes that normally, and look, you know, I don't know about you, man, but I don't like even the Ram Dass retreats. I felt inevitably like uncomfortable at kind of squeamish, you know, and weird, but Jesus, for people like me, it's like, holy shit, no hugs here. It's all on Skype or Zoom or whatever. Yeah. And yet still you start getting this association of people. And then that, you you know, it's something. It's definitely not nothing. You know, it's more than TV. It's more than video games. It's not as much as like being around people in person, which ultimately is the best. But it's something. And, I, you know, that's what I just, I have a, you know, I have an online community uh, that I really lean into. Um, so it's been, I, I feel really lucky about that. But for folks who don't have that, you just have to like look up like Sharon Salzberg or go to the Ramdas's website. You know, there's all kinds of places where you can connect to groups of people online. Online communities are really important right now. Do you miss the cauldron of energy and the community in LA? Do you miss in LA right now? No. I, I can't miss it because it was gone when I left. Like right. LA shut down. It went away. I you know, I was sticking it out there as long as I could. Uh, but it was killing my wife. It was like my kid was getting like weird, mm. you know, because like what do you like a child is not supposed to is not supposed to just be around its parents like that's not normal that is bad news for especially for like maybe older kids at least you could explain to them like listen this is crazy and it's gonna end and you'll be around your friends again but now this is what's happening but a toddler doesn't even know how things are supposed to be so a toddler doesn't like before the pandemic Forrest had this very uh, active life and we would take him to music classes and swim classes. And Aaron would take him to hang out with one of her friend's kids. And people would come over and hang out with the kid. You know, but then the pandemic hits and suddenly it's just like a vacuum. And that's fucked up. Yeah. So, and also it's like, well, you couldn't take him to playgrounds. All the playgrounds were shut down in L.A. You're not supposed to be around any of the playgrounds. They had police tape wrapped around them. So my friend would break into a playground with his little girl, which is the dumbest thing. I've, it's so sad to imagine like having to break the law so your kid can like hang out at a playground. But, you know, so it became and then the, the comedy store was shut down, which was one of my number one reasons to be there. And then so suddenly it was like, I can't do stand up. My kid can't hang out with other kids. My, you know what I mean? My, my, my wife as a mother is like feeling more than I was like what that meant. She's a nanny before we got married. So she understands child psychology in this deep way. And it just became completely, and then I'm renting, you know what? On top of all of that, I'm paying a lease in LA and living in an expensive place and for it's like essentially like paying for like a really nice house arrest situation you know which was already costing you a lot of work because of the developments that happened the last time we had talked 
That's right, man. I, I like I had all these shows lined up for the summer and like a tour in Australia and all this stuff. So it was like, yeah, I was already out of work doing stand up. But then and then I not and I couldn't like the also like a huge part of stand up comedy is you have to develop your jokes. And that's what the comedy store was for. It was a place to go and work on material. So you bring people new material when you go on the road. And, you know, that was so the whole it became pointless. Like there was and then it caught on the state caught on fire. So so it was just you couldn't even breathe. It was like 115 degrees. Ash was falling out of the sky. And then to add insult to injury. I remember one day, there were many, many days the baby couldn't go outside because the air was so bad. But there shouldn't be one day. You know what I mean? That should not be a reality. But then one of the days that he we had to keep him in was because a fucking homeless encampment by our house caught on fire. So the burning of like tents in one of these tent cities was like like smoking over our fucking house. You know, it's like the city. So all these things added up to uh, creating a pretty intolerable situation. We were lucky enough to have the resources to be able to move. Some people, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like some people want to leave, but they just can't. Yeah. It's expensive as fuck to move. Some people don't make it on the other side. No. The last time we sat down and had a conversation, one of the things we talked about was nostalgia and and how as humans we're fixated Mm. on bringing yesterday into today and expecting Mm. tomorrow to be better. What kind of new memories have you been making for your future self since the last time we talked? Oh, I love your questions, man. They're so good. (laughs) Ah, Well, you know, this is the beauty of being where I'm at up in North Carolina. I'm up in the mountains. I'm 20 minutes away from... Uh, uh, Pisgah National Forest, which to me, it is the most stunning thing. You, you know, I'd gotten so used to like the LA and the accessible hiking trails in LA. You're going to, there's going to be a lot of people there. It's, you know, the topography is, I'm in a rainforest now, you know, it's like, it's, it's wet. And so 20 minutes and you're deep, suddenly like all of civilization just stops. Mm. And you're now in the forest. There's no more, it's gone, it just stops. The whole game of civilization stops except for wherever it is inside of you and your kid. So I've been taking these hikes with my kid, man. Beautiful. And it is. And, and it's like, to me, it's just the wildest thing how quickly all of the concerns of the modern world outside of like taking care of your family just the moment you hit the forest, a forest like that, gravel road, which then turns, you know what I mean? It's like you drive through a gravel road, and then obviously the paths are just like overgrown, beautiful, rocky paths past waterfalls, and no one's there. And so it all, it's like a dream. It's like you just left a dream, and you're in this place that's the way it, what it is, actually, when there's not people here. And it's the most healing, beautiful, 
uh, grounding experience for me and it reprioritizes everything because it's because that's really like that's what things really are is the earth we are some complexification of the earth and i think we've all gotten confused about what's real and what isn't i mean that's what's real i mean not to get obvious like that's the other problem is like for me everything feels so obvious and simple but when you're looking at um a river and you listen to like there's a there's a you you instead of like being so dumb as to think it's any less alive than you are, you realize that you're in a consciousness, that you're like hanging out with a consciousness and then you talk to it in its own way and it explains to you something. And what it explains to you is not like watching the news where every four minutes it's like, alert, down, 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 down alert alert it's not like that really what it's saying is everything is fine and you're fine and you're going to be me pretty soon <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like and this is what things are with you know what i mean the river does not get tickets the river does not pay taxes you know the river does not worry over its retirement fund it just is a perfect manifestation of physics and the universe, and that's what we are. And they, they, and when I say they, I mean the people selling us shit, they don't want us to remember that. We're all supposed to be freaked out, because how the fuck are you going to buy, who is going to be so dumb is to like buy an expensive car if they're not freaked out? What calm person? <laughs> you know, like, dude, I've got these. It's so embarrassing. When I was like at the very tail end of my midlife crisis, uh, I like bought some Gucci shit. This is not a flex. I'm embarrassed. I'm like 46. <laughs> you know what I mean? But in the tail end of this thing, I'm like buying expensive Gucci shoes and shit. I'm wearing some right now. They're covered in mud. And it's like, it. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, that's a statement. That stuff just seems—it's not a, It's just, the statement is like, "What the fuck? Like what these these silly shoes?" Right, right. But the fact that they're covered in mud right now is a statement to what we're talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I, I like the the, you know, yeah. I, I got these great fucking hiking shoes now that I that, that are important, and the clothes that I wear now. You know, it's more like, well, what clothes can I wear that, like, I don't care about getting, like, mud all over them. Because when I go hiking with a kid, he likes to go into the river, into the creeks. And, like, nice. we all, we come back soaking wet and, like, <laughs> just covered in mud and cold. You know, but he likes it. And that makes me like it. And, and that, you know, so to me, it's a real palate cleanser, man. It's a real palate cleanser. I feel so fucking lucky that I was able to get out of that city and to get back there and also i just feel like you know i don't know i know all this stuff is pretty trite and it's obvious and it's like there you know you hear it on the side of any cereal box or whatever but it's like you read it you read it anywhere it's like readers digest oh, nature will make you feel better and yeah it's true yeah it's like and it's wild that's the other thing this shit out there is what the stuff happening in the forest it is so uncivilized it's so like uh, i don't know how to put it man it's like a breast 
that you're suckling off of or something. You're talking about the true connection to us as people. This It's a bridge, isn't it? It's a bridge mm. to people for whatever reasons seldom seem to travel over. People don't want to walk across this bridge we're talking about when it's in actuality the connection to what makes us whole, you're saying. Yeah, that's it. And it's like a secret or something. And the the there's all these stories you hear like um so you know in the when humans were when uh, Europeans were being in or uh, when Europeans were col- colonizing uh North America and you know wiping out the indigenous people there um it was not uncommon to capture a native american and then attempt to civilize them like a Native American kid. And the kids, as soon as they could get the fuck away, they would go. The difference is that sometimes the Native Americans would like capture uh, Europeans, early Americans, and they would get the kids back. And then the kids would escape to try to get back to their village that they because they liked that life better yeah that life made more sense and and uh you know when you're out in the woods i would honestly man I, I one of my favorite things about the forest is leaving the forest i'm not trying to portray myself as some kind of n- nature man or some shit i like hot showers i like hearthstone i like technology don't get me wrong but also i like leaving that stuff and and when you're in there, you get this feeling of like, ah oh, man, people just disappear into this. Like you hear about all these all the disappearances that happen at national parks. Have you ever heard of that? No, no. Yeah, look it up. It's pretty bizarre. A lot of disappearances happen at national parks. And I wonder to myself, are those like people who fell off a cliff? Are those people who are just like, you know, I don't think I want to go back? <laughs> they just fucking went in. <laughs> But that's my new memory, and I'm really happy that uh, it's that I'm that it's that we still have that uh, the for the nature. So, with that being said, what is your cautiously optimistic view about what the future of nature mm. and the environment is going to look like for humanity? What do you see the future for the planet looking like? Well, I mean, I'm I always lean into science. If I like we have to look at what the environmental scientists are saying and uh it's not great mm-hmm. i mean you know i wish i had some like i <laughs> optimistic thing to say about it but every single forecast involves um disaster pretty much de- ca- catastrophe like w- the problem is like humans are so ridiculous like if you look at our predilection towards not believing things we can't see, you realize it's one of the great downfalls of our of so many different civilizations. And so many people have died just because folks don't believe that things they can't see uh, are there. Germs, there was a time when people laughed at, like, what's his name, Lister, that the doctor who suggested that... Uh, Doctors wash their hands before delivering babies. I mean, they didn't know that. They didn't know there was germs. They thought it was insanity. I mean, that's not, and, and you would hope that that went away, but it didn't. You know, like just that alone, you still have people who are like, I'm not wearing that mask. It doesn't help nothing. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, it doesn't completely help. No shit, man. Like virus, the, the tiny fucking COVID virus is going to get out of the mask. That If you have it, it's going to get out a little bit. It's just not going to get out as much, you dumb dummy. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a, it's like dosages we're talking here. You know, dosages and apparently viral load has a lot to do with COVID. I'm sorry to say, dummy. I really think the elitist bullshit is not like looking great these days or like the whole I'm smarter than you thinks. I'm sorry I did that. But the and I don't mean you, but, you know, people who are against wearing the mask, I apologize. Like, I understand why you wouldn't believe it because you can't see it. And because you can't see it and because only like in the United States, sadly, 10 percent of humans have gotten covid which means that only 10% of the people that you know, if that, are, will have had it, which is why it might not seem like a big deal because you're not seeing it in mass, you know? So I understand. But anyway, the point is, like, as far as climate change goes, it's the same problem. We can't see it. Like, goddamn, depending on what some people are living in the most beautiful part of the world, nature's still working, seasons are still happening. You know, I because I just left a, a a state that was literally on fire and the sun it was blood red and ash was falling out of the sky. I've gotten a little look into the future, and it's not great. Um, so I would say that we're going to be seeing a lot of refugees. Uh, you know, and at first we won't even know they're refugees. It'll just be like, wow, a lot of people are leaving the cities, and. Uh, then what we're going to see is like massive movements of humans from uninhabitable areas that are either flooded or too hot to live or on, you know, or literally burning. And then that's going to create all kinds of disruption. It's going to cost trillions of dollars. And that's the, that's the real tragedy is it's like right now in the United States, we've got uh, Adderall addled golfer at war with someone who seems to be in the beginning or middle of some form of senile dementia and they're fighting over things that are ridiculous when the reality is, is like well we kind of need all hands on deck here not just to deal with COVID but also to deal with all the other diseases that are going to spring up from overpopulated areas with no regulation when it comes to how animals are treated and uh, we need to be more nimble and we need to like our resources should be being put towards um, getting off of co carbon and coal uh, and fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we should be doing. And if we do it, the most optimistic outlook is somewhere around 2050, 2060, <laughs> then things start cooling down. And the air will get clean and things will start growing back and we'll, we'll be in a very beautiful world that we co-created. But if we don't do that, then, then we're, then, you know, it's a sad thing. God, you know, I don't mean to like keep going on this rant, but uh, sometimes I watch Charles Manson rants and I marvel at them. I went through this weird period where I get like blasted on ketamine and watch Charles Manson videos. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> don't do it don't do it it was a mistake maybe but i remember one of them i was because you watch him and you're like you try to make sense of it because something in it there's a there's a sense where you're like god mm. there is something in there that's not just crazy and one of the things he was saying is like 
when when the king I, I can't do a Manson impression but it's like when the king's messenger comes you listen to that messenger because you don't want the king to come right? like, <laughs> perfect he's so good at looking scary but like you know and that's the idea is like you you don't want the earth to do what it's good at yeah and because what the earth is good at is this you know the carlin's got the best joke on it the earth is very good at making things go extinct and it knows how to do it and it will do it you don't want that you the, the you know find symbiosis with this ancient thing and you it will treat you really well but Man, you do not want to. You don't want the thing to identify the biomass that is called humanity is parasitic. You know, because it's that's it. Hmm. And it, I don't think, and I think there is it. The Earth has its own kind of strange compassion. It's manifested in mothers and children of all species that I'm aware of. Maybe not like wasps, but I don't know. I've seen videos of wasps with their babies. They seem like pretty sweet. So there is like a in the natural world we see this form of maternal compassion meaning it seems to be part of the natural world meaning it's part of the guy in mind but also holy shit look at like a mother bear right that's a that's the last thing you want to see when you're hiking is a baby bear because mm. that means the mother's close and that's she'll true. just kill you they'll just she'll just kill you if she thinks you're a danger to the baby and i think the earth is like that too and you know maybe that's what's happening and it's it's already too late but you know i would just i i don't know i think like yeah not i'm sorry i don't have a good outcome for us <laughs> we're doomed we're fucked <laughs> well we're not we're, we're we, you know that we're not fucked, right right but but we are you know Close. being called we're, we're yeah it's like you just have to like make little changes That's yeah. it. Just little changes. Don't you don't have to like imagine that suddenly you're going to be living in some uh, geodesic, solar powered, off the grid dome, and then that's how you're going to help the Earth. But you definitely can stop. And thank God, no one has to worry about it. But you don't have to fly as much. You can go to places that don't require getting on a plane, and and that's a huge benefit to the planet. Stop eating beef as much you want to eat fucking hamburgers once a month go ahead just don't eat them three times a week you know little changes like that over the human population will add up to big changes and that's the thing people don't realize that it's all or nothing either suddenly you start wearing like hemp overalls and you know get those hoops in your ears and <laughs> start like only drinking like some kind of like vegetable broth once a day Or you just like just fucking, you know, use plastic bottles, and, and 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 drive a Range Rover. There's like, you know what I mean? There's a place in between that you could do. And if we all do that, then it help. It will help. Just turning the fucking lights off in your house. You know, like yeah. one light. If you're someone who leaves the lights on, just start turning one off over the whole population of the planet. That makes a difference. You know, it, stop taking ecstasy as much. It's fucking up the, apparently it's fucking up the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's really a balancing act between having accountability and having compassion, isn't it? And what you've done this year is you've managed to turn a nightmarish year for so many people with the midnight gospel into a dream for them and a dream for yourself. What what kind mm, of con- no problem at all? Thank you, man. What what kind of conversations have you had with Pendleton Ward within recent weeks about a second series? Ah, uh, great question. You know, here. It's a curious thing, man. Like, I, I, I guess that, like, before I answer that question, not none. We haven't, ch- I haven't, I haven't chatted with Pendleton about about a, a second uh, season. The show is not canceled, but it's not picked up. And you know, Netflix. Like, I will, I'm in inter- I will always be indebted to them for like having the guts to let us make that show. And I'll only have warm feelings for them. They have a business model that, um, you know, clearly it's, it works. It's fucking Netflix. You know what I mean? Like it's like a trillion dollar, you know, corporation that like pumps out content. Um, and so, you know, like anytime I've found myself in my mind thinking this is what they should do i have to remind myself that i don't have a multi-trillion dollar corporation you know i don't i don't know so the answer to your question is i don't know man i don't know what the future for the midnight gospel is all i could say is uh it, it hasn't been canceled and they do cancel shows obviously it's like they, they have a real like strict adherence, I think, to something that I'm not aware of regarding those cancellations. But I don't know. My hope is that um, at some point we get a call where they're like, let's do more. And I would love to do it. But um, it's, this a process. Is, I'm, it's a pro. Yeah, it is. And, you know, as a Buddhist, like we impermanence is something I, I, I try to not be um, adverse to. You know, and and not, you know, I, again, it's like I, it, for me, I would love to do more, uh, but it hasn't happened. And uh, it's just, a, you know, it's like it used to it, there. I went through a period of time where it was maddening and then I just kind of let go of that. And now it's just a question mark. Simulation farmers, this is the Pyro Moth keeping you warm on the ribbon and cool in your heart. Here's a little melody from the old Cuddle Cats with their classic hit, Let Me Up, Let Me Down, But Don't Let Me In. Good morning. Across the rolling hills, I ramble at my will. Across the rolling hills, I can ride with my banner. You know, I am right now in a, really into this type of meditation, uh, which is um, <clears throat> just the process of sitting still, watching your breath, and being very aware of your thoughts, emotions, uh, and, and the way your body feels. And it's just this uh, something called mindfulness. It's the practice of mindfulness, yeah. which is just watching the way that you act and the way that you feel and the way that you think. I think this is the cure. And becoming aware of the roots of a lot of the uh, emotions that exist in you, especially for me, like I get angry and and I will have like angry outbursts sometimes. 
Yeah, I, thank you for look, looking perplexed if that happens. It happens. It, 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 just sitting by yourself, anger will, will come out, or is it like traffic? Well, no, traffic, it's, get, it's gotten much better. No. But, I mean, w when I was much younger, I was just an angry person. So huh. I would, like, I can remember, like, my printer didn't work one day, and oh. I remember screaming alone in my apartment, breaking my printer in, in just a rage. I'm cured! Yeah. Time for a game of hacky sack! And that, that's a thing that's inside of me, and that's why psychedelics have been very useful to me. The main thing is, we got to make it. Yeah. Like, they let, we made it. It's there, and we made it. And that, to me, is just incredible. I feel so lucky to, like, how, like, first of all, it's impossible to even, like, get a get a show on anything like that like the odds of it are very slim for anybody and so i recognize like pendleton deciding to make that show with me as being one of the great moments of good fortune in my life because i don't i don't know if like i would have had the the necessary like um pedigree uh to like get to sell a show to netflix you know to to like get the chance to work with like all those brilliant animators and stuff by myself so just the fact i got to collaborate with pendleton is already some kind of miracle you know and like uh so to have like some kind of expectation of like a second season it feels kind of greedy to me a little bit you know i want it but also there's something beautiful in uh there only being one, too. You know, that could be beautiful, too. But there actually, there is more to the story. That's the only part that really, like, is itchy to me. Yeah. Is, like, we get there. Actually, the, stor the story does have more. to. There's more to the story of what, what Clancy, what happens to Clancy and what happens to the chromatic ribbon, uh, which, I, which is already, like, in my mind. So there is that storyteller part of me that's like, wait, I, let me do the punchline. You know, but... Uh, also, fuck, we got to make it, you know? I'm not just trying to be a, like, you know, I'm, I, I'm, this isn't just kissing Netflix's ass either. I get it. I have gone through periods of being really annoyed and wishing that we would get a call and that we could just make it, obviously. But also, anytime I think that, I have to remember that I got to make the show. And, you know, so that's, that's where I'm keeping my attention. Speaking of attention, you recently hosted a Q&A for the documentary Feels Good Man. Have you thought about how you would react if Clancy was appropriated into a hate-mongering version of his intended self, much like Pepe? Do you worry about your dream being remixed into a nightmare? Well, it already had, like, so my wife got some kind of email from one of her friends with, like, a, let me see if it's still up. Hold on, let me go look. From the someone made a midnight gospel Facebook page, and I, in its early days, I gave it a thumbs up, so I feel like I like accidentally validated it or something. Let me see if I can find it. Hopefully, it got taken down. Uh, let me see here. Let's see here. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, I think it I think it got taken down. Huh. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
it's gone. What was it? Um, I think it's gone. Let me see. Maybe this is it. Yep, it's gone. Uh, so what it was was somebody made this Facebook page for the Midnight Gospel, and I'll read you one of their posts. So and they, like Clancy was in there, was the the their avatar, and this is one of their posts. Let me see if I find it. Um, let's see here. Okay, wait. I'm clicking on it to see if it's still there. It's gone. Thank God. Uh, the let me see. Okay, I have to just look. It's just embarrassing. It was like some like. Let's see. If I can find. It. If not, I'll stop stammering as I look through my emails for this thing. Oh, here it is. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay. So Clancy, the Midnight Gospel account posts. This has 1,700 shares, 4,000 thumbs up, and hearts. Oh, Clancy says, assuming it's Clancy, the Midnight Gospel Facebook account says, masculinity isn't toxic. It's men who aren't masculine who are toxic. Weak little men use and abuse women instead of stepping up to lead and protect them. Our society is suffering from a shortage of real masculinity, and it brings great harm to women and children who have no protectors. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And oh, how, my God. Can you repeat how many likes and how many shares it has again, just for 4, context? 4,900 likes. Wow. 1,700 shares. Wow. And, like, it's like that is the – like, I, I, I'm looking at it and just thinking of the – um madness the person who wrote that was succumbing to and like how you know what i mean just like I, like it's like what the fuck why would you why like why would you where think is the that? association yeah yeah i i don't understand and then but to me the real truly like depressing part of it was just all the fans of the midnight gospel thinking that uh that's what the show was about that's the depressing part and so for pepe i mean he he like i can't even imagine like he expresses it fairly well like how fucked how it fucked with his head in the most extreme way it was so powerful that he like actually fought it what an easy thing to not fight but yeah man yeah no yeah Wild. it's like it's already happened. It's an inevitability. By the way, if your face is online, anyone's face is online, anyone's voice is online, it's why we don't put pictures of Forrest's face online is because, like, just don't worry. All of us are going to be Pepe. All of us from deep fakes. All of us are going to be, you know, potentially used so that all, who we are uh, gets sort of co-opted by a corporation or by an AI and made to say things we don't believe in. And it's going to become indis very difficult to tell deep fakes from non-deep fakes. It already is. Yeah, it's happening. Not the easiest thing. It's happening, yeah. but it's going to get worse and worse. And so that's good. That's a that's an impending problem. Well, we all risk becoming Pepe. Whatever kind of weird stuff kind of stuck with me in childhood, sometimes it ends up in boys club. Like, I remember when I was in second grade and I went to the bathroom alongside my cousin David. Then he pulled his pants all the way down to go pee, underwear and everything. 
it seems like it would feel really good. So I wanted to make a comic about that. Feels good, man. And that was the frame that <laughs> started it all. I just thought it was cool that I could just draw a comic, scan it in, and put it on MySpace, and then people would see it instantly. Can you talk about your first time experiencing Pepe in a form of a meme online? What was your relationship with Pepe? Yeah, I, well, I, I was never cool enough to know about um, Pepe before it became a 4chan meme. So my experience with Pepe was just all of a sudden, you know, there was a moment in time where like the alt-right is, it was called, uh, like gained some like strange prominence and then sort of like, I don't know, it collapsed in on itself and just became cheesy or something. But for a second, you know, it got picked up by the media. There was some sinister quality to it that gave it a sort of edge and a power and like you're like oh my god what what could it be and then they were using pepe they were into chaos magic which was interesting yeah but then then it just kind of like collapsed in on itself and my encounter with it was like everybody's just all of a sudden you know you see the green frog but with trump's hair or whatever and the re thing and all that <laughs> you know what i mean there was like that that mo i think i like it was like when that what's his face the actor did the he will not divide us embarrassing thing you know that you know what i'm talking about he will not divide us or destroy uh, us or something what, what's his name he's an actor he's like he's crazy uh i can't remember his name he's a pretty good actor but he uh he's a good actor but yeah he did you know everybody was getting so like nauseated by the realization that we were gonna have like a professional wrestling villain as our president for at least four years that you know folks were freaking out and so he made some like exhibit called he will not divide us in 4chan who was that yeah you got me curious God, now. let me look it up let me see he will not divide us like literally the most divisive work of art which maybe is the uh beauty in it maybe he meant that by saying he will not divide us you automatically have divided <laughs> us you know yeah oh wait it's sheila booth he will not divide us, he will not divide us. he will not divide us you can't ignore my girl he will not divide us he will not divide us he will not divide us he will not divide us. Commencing at 9 a.m. on January 20th, the day of the inauguration of the 45th president of the United States, the public is invited to deliver the words, he will not divide us, into a camera mounted on a wall outside of the Museum of the Moving Image in New York, repeating the phrase as many times and for as long as they wish, right? So it's like, maybe the genius and the satanic work of art is that it's like, I think they must have known that all it's going to do is divide people which is what any great work of art would do. So there's some brilliant brilliance in it, I guess. But like 4chan, uh, you know, 
you got to admit, it was brilliant what they did, which is they basically just started shutting it down. And I can't remember the initial ways, but he started having to hide the work of art. At some point, it ended up like being—I think it was a flag or some shit—that that she uh, hid somewhere, and 4chan like tuned in to the satellite patterns, I think, or wow. something crazy like that. Geolocated it, and I think someone flew a drone and <laughs> took it down. <laughs> so funny, so funny, so funny, so wild. Smart. Yeah, uh, so. Um, that's, I think, my first encounter with it was connected to the He Will Not Divide Us exhibit. And that's when I started seeing Pepe. Great introduction to have. Oh, yeah. Really. <laughs> what a great introduction really? to have. <laughs> yeah, man. It was it was really cool. And, like, you know, the problem with it is that because, like, you know, this is, like, the beauty of any wonderful cult leader. I mean, this is why... Charles Manson is so dangerous. This is why charismatic people who are nefarious are dangerous is that they, uh, there's a lot about them that's great and cool, you know? So like, you know, seeing like drones being flown to dismantle some cheesy art exhibit, you see that and you're like, that is actually really some beautiful chaos there. Like, I love that. Right. But then you know, it, you you end the problem is like I'm my guess would be, and I think in that documentary they kind of do point out that the idea was like people just felt, you know, they felt like 4chan felt like its culture was being co-opted, so then it tried to, like, make its culture so offensive, right, that it couldn't be co-opted, and but the problem is that. And in, in, in that act of chaotic rebellion, you know, in that, how could you not see, like, the roots of punk rock, the roots of, like, all the cool things? But then the problem is, is the actual skinheads, white supremacists got involved, you know? Like, that's the problem. Like, I, it's, like, already problematic, obviously, but problematic in a way that's like, well, what are you, you going to do, man? Are you going to, you going to, like... Are you going to be mad at Gigi Allen for throwing shit at the audience? You know, like, what, what are you going to do? Like, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, a performative. But then, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the problem is you've got organized white supremacists on 4chan who are, like, uh, missionaries. That's the, you know, that's the problem. And then they, like, all these, like, disaffected, like, unhappy, reclusive kids end up getting sucked into nazi ideology right and it stops becoming cool it stops becoming funny yeah i mean yeah because what, what ends up happening is it's like this is a problem man is like you know this i remember like at my college every year a cult would come they had this bus there are all these beautiful hippies and the back of the bus had on it going home and every fucking year they would pull into campus and they would sing and dance and they're really like there's a lot of beautiful women among them beautiful men and every year man i'm telling you two kids would just go with them and not come back and uh you know what i mean that's like that's what the white supremacists do is they just scoop people up not just white supremacists any cult yeah. just scoop you up you know what I mean? Oh, you're feeling bad? You feel, well, I'll tell you why you feel bad. 
you feel bad because you're like getting you're getting ground up in the gears of and then fill in the blanks. You're getting ground up in the gears of this consp- this thing. If you're a white supremacist, you're going to say it's because of like probably I'm guessing you're going to say it has something to do with the Jews because you are a psychotic anti-Semite. If you're a Scientologist, you're going to say it's because of Thetans or whatever. You know what I mean? If you're a, a fundamentalist, if you're David Koresh, you're going to say it's because of the devil that you feel bad. You know what I mean? You're going to have all these like stupid explanations for something that's like the reason you feel bad probably is like you're not drinking enough water. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not complicated. You feel bad because you drink like eight beers every night and you've been doing that for a year you know what i mean you like you feel you you feel bad because you're um uh you 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 don't go outside yeah you haven't you haven't gotten sun on your face in a little bit and so it's real obvious shit but then what happens you know a lot of times these cults will literally just give people water get them exercising get them outside and the people start feeling good and they, they're like, oh, my God, you were right. I feel so much better. It's like, well, you feel better because you're, like, taking care of yourself and you have a community now, not because of the fucking philosophy. So, anyway, the point is, man, like, uh, yeah, I think, like, that's the dark thing of it all. That's the, pro- that's the problem with all things right now is that no matter what it is, a cool thing will become co-opted. You know, it's just a matter of time. How long between a song being a hit and that song ending up on a Range Rover commercial. Like, what's the amount of time now? I'm sure it's shrinking. Yeah, it's like remakes and reboots, right? Yeah. Like you, so you make a great song like, Born to be wild. How long before that's on like a commercial for some kind of prostate cream? You know what I mean? How long? Only a matter of time before a song that at one point was like, whoa, that song's intense. And you're watching it and it's like for some kind of new senior home where there's like four wheeling or something. You know, it's like a matter of time. So no matter what it is, when it comes into the world, it it lives for a little bit in the shadows and it usually has like an underground thing. And then it's just a matter of time before you you see it on like a a, a package of LaCroix, you know, or whatever. It's a matter of time. That's the nature of, I guess, like civilization right now. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I recently spoke to a rapper, D.W. Smith, on his podcast about his upcoming album, which he describes as a conceptual album based on an event disturbing his perception and rewiring his ability to think. Can you speak to the power of being disturbed by something for the first time and not rewiring your mindset personally? Yeah, that, okay, so that's cool. That's really cool, man. It's like novelty, right? Like, is very powerful. 
And there's something that Chogim Trevor Rinpoche used to tell his students, which is there are smells you've never smelled. There's tastes you've never tasted and things you've never seen. That's a pretty, just that alone can be the novel event that produces a change in consciousness, right? Like a lot of people think they've seen everything, smelled everything, felt everything, or heard everything. They, or if they haven't seen it or felt it or heard it, like for example, how many people have been to Antarctica? But they've seen pictures. They have an idea. You start, as you get older, you start getting this, this crazy idea that you actually have figured it out. You know who you are. You know who people are. You know how the world works. You know how, you know, life is. And this is called getting stale, right? Like somebody like that's always stale. Because in there, being around them is generally oppressive. Because they, in their sad and lazy closing off to the world, being like, well, I'm done. Figured it out. Read all the books, saw the things, I know all the stuff. They, like, you end up finding that that worldview is being put on you. That's an, another, that's a side effect. It's like, because inside they know that they've just closed off to the reality that they have no fucking idea what's around the mm -hmm. corner. Because that sucks for a lot of people. They hate that. They feel out of control. It's terrifying. So they, they've produced an imaginary like friend world that they cling to desperately, powerfully. Then they try to get everybody else to cling to the fucking thing. And it sucks because it's like you don't know how things are going to be. You don't know what's going to happen in the next second. You don't know that one of these particle accelerators is it going to create a rift in the time-space continuum that we're all going to get sucked into at any second. And you don't know that any second silver ships are going to appear in the atmosphere or that you're going to wake up and be on a silver ship and be high as a kite on some kind of futuristic neurotropic psychedelic that you take when you're a Venusian flying in your light vehicle. You fall asleep and you hallucinate every night and visit different planes of reality where you communicate to people and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I just had a dream. That's not, that that by itself is already the most bizarre quality of human existence. So to me, uh, I've had many, many moments, sometimes through psychedelics or meditation, that have altered me completely because of the sheer novelty of it. You know, and, and uh, having a child obviously is a boring truth it did it, that's what you know that completely changed everything for me because it reminds you that oh yeah this is this thing's way bigger than you man way bigger than you you're just here for a second and you know when i'm holding hands with my child and we're walking together and he calls trees babies baby baby and then he kisses them i just think oh this is how you die like you, we think the way we die is we go on our deathbed or you like have a heart attack or whatever, which is the way technically you die. But actually, if you have kids, before that, you have this little beautiful angel thing that in a strange way, and I don't mean it in a morbid way, is walking you into oblivion. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is one of the ways God yeah. comes to you and, and holds your hand and looks up at you and loves you as you... 
uh, and, and grows up next to you and then you breathe your last breath and, and maybe they're in the room with you, maybe not, but you know what I mean? So to me, that encounter with novelty um, has been really quite powerful in that it's forced me to redefine my entire map of what I thought my future would be like, which whatever your map is, throw it away, you know, because it's wrong. You just don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. So every breath in and out is actually could be that powerful event. You know, it doesn't just have to be the paranormal shit, which I've experienced. And honestly, that stuff is a little more mon- is It seems a little less intense to me uh, than, uh, you know, just like basic normal stuff like having a kid. Not a big deal. Not special at all. Everyone saw <laughs> enough people on the planet where you can tell it's not a difficult thing. But yeah, that's that to me. That's the novel event that is basically is just completely redefined my idea of who I am and what is possible here in this realm. And wrapping up this amazing conversation, which as ever we're appreciative of having with you you mentioned the word map you also mentioned a compass earlier in the interview Mm -hmm. which direction is duncan going next oh generosity man generosity that's what i'm working with right now i'm trying to be more generous not like giving shit away because that's actually sometimes the least generous thing you can do not that you shouldn't give things away you know what i mean like it's like the example I think of is like, uh, I don't know. Do you remember when your mom or your dad was angry at you, but they still had to make you dinner? <laughs> remember that? Like they're like well. banging pots around yeah, and man. shit. It's the worst. It's slamming cabinets. <laughs> and then you don't want to eat the food. But they have to cook for you because they're your parents. They have True to eat story. food, but they don't want to. Yeah. But so that's, that's, even though, you know, on paper, someone like spent time to make you dinner. It's not really generosity because there's all this aggression mixed into the mashed potatoes or whatever, you know? So, uh, angry mash. So, <laughs> angry mash, angry mother's angry mash. Everyone's eating it because you fucked up, you lied or whatever you did, you know? She found your weed pipe. So, that, so that, but generosity, I'm studying this thing in Buddhism called the paramitas. And um, it's, it's like qualities that naturally emanate from an enlightened person, uh, which is great. Congrats, you're enlightened, and now you are exhibiting all these qualities. But mo- most of us have not yet achieved realization. So it's cool to look at these qualities. Uh, and then to there's a teacher, Pima Trojan, who describes it as stretching. So it's a form of stretching. So generosity really means giving of yourself to others. So it's way more than giving someone mashed potatoes or money or buying dinner or what, whatever you many think of as generosity. It's, it's when it's that thing when you're with somebody and you think of what they need over you, right? Like it's, that's the stretch. It's like giving of yourself. So that that's what I'm working with right now. And it's really mind bending, man. It's like, it's really mind bending how quickly it like can change things. Like it's, it's like puts you in a parallel timeline 
it's like a which is interesting because paramita means one of the one of the translations is the other shore so it's so weird right like it's a multiverse navigation tool basically so if you start experimenting with generosity it leads to all the other paramitas it's kind of like a process the first one's generosity then there's like discipline honesty all these other things but the first is get generous really generous with others and that's what i've been working with with my family with my dogs you know stretching not just retreating into my computer to play hearthstone which i'm addicted to right now you know but like really trying to give a little bit more of myself to the people around me try it it's trippy man it sounds so vanilla but it's like really weird if because you could always be a little more generous and when you start doing that it creates a completely different experience of reality i want to thank you for being as generous as you've been tonight with your time it's been as per usual an amazing conversation i'm looking forward to the next one man oh man anytime i love chatting with you i look forward to it and i really appreciate you letting me be a recurring guest Thank you so much. It's wonderful. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Yeah.